Hello, friends, and welcome to Where's Wilmington. I cannot wait to get this show started. It's been, I don't know, Dave, 15 years in the making, maybe yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah, it's about 15. right. We'll make sure we get the mic to you. These guys are ball in the house. Hi. You probably know them. If you live in Wilmington or anywhere beyond there, all over the place, you probably know who they are. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like for musicians and people who are giggers to survive the pandemic. But we're going to give you a lot of other stuff, too. So I'll open with introducing you to the crew. Yay! So in front of me, I have Kevin. May I ask you to hand that to him? To Kevin? Yes. 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 Kevin, right there. Kevin, what do you do in the band? What do I do in the band? Well, I am the bass singer, so I have this low, Ooh, sultry voice. Ooh, I can voice. hear that. I can hear and, uh, that. So I sing all the low stuff. Okay, uh, yeah. and Johnny, I know you're the beatboxer. And I'm the beatboxer, which means I make funny sounds with my mouth that sound like drums and try it. to keep everybody together in time. And who knew that could be a career? I, I didn't. But here you are. But here I am, yeah. Right? <laughs> Behind you, we have Dave. I hey. think, I would say you're the leader of the band, maybe. Yeah, well, I live in Wilmington. Okay, cool. We like that. But did you not start? No, actually, us? Johnny started. Oh, so let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Here you go, Johnny. Okay. Let's talk we will about get to you back there. <laughs> let's talk about the beginning. Yeah, so let's you, do that. Okay, so the beginning, you have to go back to middle school. Okay. Okay. Picture myself and Dave. Little kids, a lot more hair, and just parents sending us from Dorchester, where we grew up, to take the train all the way to Cambridge to go to this choir school. Wow. Um, it was very difficult and very involved. It was associated with the church, so right. there was a lot of um, practice to sing at Mass every day. Wow. Singing on weekends. Uh, happy stuff like weddings, sad stuff like funerals, mm. uh, but other cool concerts and they taught us how to play piano, how to um, how to read music, how to sight read music, and mm. uh, it, it was an invaluable education. Right, and uh, not something we necessarily knew, at least for me personally. You know, the exact same story afterwards. But I thought I was done uh, with music after that because it wow. was so intense. And uh, you know, long story for getting back in, but you know, eventually both of us ended up working at the same. Uh, at the same place, I was teaching music. Dave was uh, the choir director at the church, and said, "Hey, let's wow. let's do this. You know, let's sing a cappella." Right. Uh, so, who knew all of that training that you had would end up to bring you where you are now? Yeah. Right. And then we have Monty back there. Yeah. Monty. Hello. Hi. Tell us all about yourself. So, my name is Monty. I am the baritone of the group, and okay. I am actually from Washington D.C. Cool. Yes. Well, we let you stay anyway. You did, right? and I appreciate it. So what's the difference between a bass and a baritone? So the bass pretty much holds down all the lower parts to make sure that the key is correct. Mm. The baritone kind of fills in the gap a little bit between Ooh. the lead and the tenor and everything like that. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to jump around with okay. questions. Yeah. I know you guys are good at this kind of stuff because all of the things that you do is kind of jump around. Like you teach people about beatboxing in some of the work that you've done for concerts and things that we've helped you telecast during the pandemic. So let's talk a little bit about what the pandemic was like for you guys. Who wants to speak to that, Dave? Yeah, so yeah. we were on our way back, and you know, the first gig that got canceled, or maybe the second gig, was Marchapella. Oh, yeah. And so we were driving back from upstate New York, and then they just started dropping like flies all of our shows. We had Marchapella, then we had a big, like a huge tour in the Midwest, so everything got canceled. 
And it was the scariest time for us. Yeah. You know, because it's our, this is our full-time job. So right. now we have no pay. Right. We have no shows. Right. And it's a helpless feeling. So much so. I can relate to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm a DJ part-time, yeah. right? And uh, like I understood, like I always thought, okay, club closes, you go get another gig, yes. right? Something happens, you go get, no one could see this. And I think when it first started happening, for me, I was like, oh, one little club is shutting down. And exactly. But then it became a domino effect. You want to speak to that a little yeah, bit? Sure. What that felt was, like? Well, like you just said, it was like we start getting the phone calls like, Oh, no. And then we start watching the news. Sure. And then, like, it should be only, like, what, two or three weeks? I swear to God, I thought six months. I really thought six months would be... But it just kept getting worse and worse, and we lost a lot of gigs that year. Yeah. Scary. Especially a cappella. Musicians who play probably could wear a mask and just play, but you guys Mm -hmm. just had your voices. You've sung with masks on. Tell me how fun that is to do. Monty? (laughs) Not that is not fun at no. all. <laughs> I think Johnny could probably explain it better because he has to beatbox with yes. So yeah, it's it's not fun, not fun at all. No, Johnny, you want to talk about what that felt like? Uh, it's it's like hyperventilating yeah. because yeah. the mask is coming in and out because you're breathing so you're breathing so quickly and so you're covered by this thing that's supposed to right you know ventilate you and you know it's great. I mean, in wearing the mask around all the time, like we all got used to it and that's just what you did. But we'd always, uh, you know, had the situations where we could take the masks off when we were performing. Right. But as things ebbed and flowed, certain, and we started getting hiring again here, started getting hired again here and there, mm. some people requested that. So we had to. I mean, you adapt, certainly. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I think part of the joy of performing is the facial expressions that you make, mm-hmm. that connection with your audience, mm-hmm. whether it's a virtual audience, you have a sense that they're out there. You want to say something to that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one thing. One thing that really helped us out during the pandemic, aside, we couldn't do the live shows or anything like that. Right. But here at WCTV, we were able to adopt our whole shows, live shows, school assemblies into a virtual format. Right. So we also did a little bit of retraining there, along with getting our in-person shows, turn it into a virtual format, and then perform to cameras. Right. <laughs> and so that, that was kind of the silver lining, which you couldn't see at the yeah. time, but now we can see it. Yes. But... You had to rethink the whole process. Well, here's the thing, because we knew that people were watching it streaming-wise, but like all we had was us right. in this room with all the lights, cameras pointed at us, and right. the, the camera people. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have to like pretend you're looking at Auntie Milty or whoever, exactly. and you know, yeah. and it's, it's so a little bit <laughs> acting involved. Yeah. Okay, so now that the pandemic is, we'll say air quotes, over, are you feeling an influx of gigs? And now it's like, yeah, Dave... Yeah, like now yeah. you got to make it, you're exhausted because you got to make up for that lost year. Well, right, because we actually you're just booked did and a, booked and booked and booked. We did a show today, and so everybody, thankfully, thankfully, yeah, of that, course. Um, so they're booking us, but um, you know, back in the fall was our first real tour uh, back out to the Midwest, right. and that was sort of kind of scary, but we were all boosted up and everything, and we wore masks, and you know, people. They didn't want us to wear masks, and but but we did, and we stayed safe. Mm. And but it was, I think, people were slowly letting down their guard, and they just wanted to be out. Yeah. They just wanted to hear live music. Right. And so now, fast forward from the fall to now, the spring, and we're getting booked. I mean, Johnny just talked to someone, but wanting to right. book us, and 
it's, you know. I kept saying to myself, rest up because the tide is coming. Yeah. Because that's really what I told myself. Like this, it will, I knew it would come back and I knew it would take a lot for me to reestablish those connections. Talk a little bit about what it's like as a, as a member of a group like this to keep those connections during the pandemic. Well, that was, you know, Johnny is our booking guy. Okay, so let's yeah, shift that over ahead, to Johnny. Johnny. Sure. Well, so a lot of it was started off with just, hey, can we reschedule that show that we had on the books in right. March of 2020 and move it on from there. But what happened was that so many people had, um, they, a lot of these festivals, other things that we were doing, had everybody to reschedule. So right. a lot of bands were lost in trying to redo what they were going to do and trying to get new uh, shows was a similar problem. People were rebooking people that they had from before, so mm -hmm. they were getting first priority. Sure. So I would say for probably the first year and a half, we had very little. And, uh, you know, we saw that in a 70% um, in reduction of income. But that's, mm -hmm. and that only, the numbers don't really tell the full truth because all that, the, the majority right. of our income was from the few months that... <laughs> <laughs> that, sure. Uh, and then, you know, you get before. new bookings from those bookings. So you, I don't even know if you could do the real spreadsheet of what you lost, really, because every time somebody sees you, that makes them say, we'll book you, right? And if they don't see you, they can't book you. Yes. How was the climate in the Midwest with the pandemic compared to here? Can you speak a little bit about what it, because I've only experienced the pandemic here. So what was it like throughout the rest of the country? Dave? Sure. So the Midwest, first off, beautiful part of this country. Right. I mean, gorgeous. But the people, they were sort of not a lot of mask wearers. Interesting. Yeah. And so we always wore masks, you know, not, we, we, took, we would took, take them off when we performed, when we went out to the merch table, we would wear a mask. Right. And we found out a way, uh, instead of having this huge debate with people, you know, certain people would just say, you don't need your masks here. And we would just look at the person and say, yeah, but we just don't want to get you sick. Right. And so then they would just... What can you say to that? Blank face. Right. And they would walk away. And wow. that's it. We just don't want to get you sick. Because we're going from state to state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always, it's how you approach it. Right. If you approach it with a smile and you're just, we'll do whatever you want. Were like, you, you know, surprised then, to see from the different states that you went to how different it was, how they were embracing the pandemic? Yes. Yeah? Who wants to speak to that? Monty, anybody? Scared the to further, say? Well, the further west we yeah. went, the more... Um, they were more relaxed okay. about things. Um, we're not the, judging. It's no, just, no. It's just Look, a fact. It's just, yeah, yeah. And so the further east we went yeah. back home... More what? More masks. But the thing is, is that whenever we got out of that bus for a rest area or for a restaurant, we were all masked up. Right. And so I don't know if we got looks per se, but we definitely got some because we would just, look, it's not a big deal. We right. just want to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Right. And so in the end, you know, we got boosted when we needed to get boosted. And, right. you know, it's important to um, communicate that too. Like, you know, with buyers, like if we advance shows to say, right. hey, I don't know what um, protocol is for your school or your, but I want you to know that we're all vaccinated, boosted up, so what, we'll do whatever you need us to do. Okay. And so many of the buyers are just like, thank you so much for sharing that with us. As right. of now, we're good to go. But again, thank you for letting us know. And I think it just puts people at ease right. to know to let them know that. We're cool with whatever you need. We're just grateful. So that's perform. amazing about you as Dave, the person, but that's also amazing marketing. I think that's the only way 
smiling, you could survive. That's the only way to make it easier for the purchaser. You got to do it, right? In the end, like if you just step back, no matter what business you're in, it's not about us. Right. It shouldn't, as performers, we're always going to be fulfilled because we're able to do our thing, what we feel like, the gift that we have. Right. But you have to make it about the theater, the, um, the building, and and the patrons. Right. So I want to talk about the first time all of you sang or beatboxed after the pandemic. The first time. I cried when it, when it happened to me. I did. Like, I'm a karaoke singer, 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 but a karaoke singer. And the first time I took off my mask and was able to actually sing at a venue. And I didn't even know it was going to happen. Usually I can tell. But so how, did, how, did, how was that for you? Well, before we actually sang in person... Um, somebody in the band, and I won't say who, was adamant that we try singing on Zoom. Okay. And anybody that's tried to do that... Okay, Monty, thanks for suggesting that. (laughs) Anybody that's tried to do that in a group knows that it doesn't work. So the the timing of internet and stuff... You guys are a cappella, too, so it's a whole different ball game. A musician can cover with... Really do, but you guys well, can't. Well, even someone do playing, that. it's just if if you're playing bass in one place and someone else is playing drums and someone else is playing keyboards, but they're in three different places. Right. The timing is off. Just those those few milliseconds are such that you can't stay mm. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if we if we held long whole notes, we could sing in harmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Anytime they'd involve rhythm, we just weren't together. Do you think you you were the only person who noticed that you as the group? Maybe a maybe a regular ear wouldn't hear it. No, it's it's it's, it's glaring. Def- it's really? definitely there. Yeah. Because it 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 um what your ear naturally does is try to make up for it. Right. So no matter how much you know, I'm going to do my thing and know that everybody else. Because I'll count off a song one, two, three, four, and I'll go. But there's a I'm delay with four, Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Dave's here in that four, it could be um, could be a couple milliseconds. It could be sometimes a couple seconds right. afterwards. And so, I'll hear everybody start in you know three, you four, can't. five it, different yeah. times. I can see afterwards. How so that, that, might that was not our first work. real experience, and it was it was depressing. But we knew it wasn't going to work for the most part. And you had to try it, Monty. Yeah. You had to try it. Right? Bring it on. Bring it on. I would like to go on record and say that I was not the one that suggested this. So. <laughs> and we miss you, Wallace. We miss you. We know you're not here today, but we miss you. We just blame him every time. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was definitely um, an experience. We tried, I mean, you we had to try, try it. it. Right, you exactly. had to try it to see yeah. if it would work. Okay. So what was it like when you first came back together? Maybe social distancing, masks off. What did it feel like? You know, um, I miss these guys. They're my they're my brothers for real. And real life, you know, we're like a big family. And so seeing them in general, you know, was amazing. But getting to sing with them again, yeah. with mask off and you know, like we normally do, it just felt really good. I'm yeah. the emotional one in the group, so I was crying a lot. So Oh, I I, I totally it, it just comes from somewhere out of you, yeah. I think. Dave, you want to speak to that a little bit? It is. It's more than notes coming out of you, mm-hmm. coming out of your mouth. It's a feeling when you're around people that you truly love and respect mm. and care about, and then you're able to make the, the music happen. It's, it, you just really, it, there's no words. Right. It's, I don't know if it's a spiritual thing. It could, I think it might be, but it's just, you feel whole again. Mm-hmm. You feel like, you know, this is what I'm meant to do, right. and these are the people I'm meant to do it with. 
And it was just, it was super emotional. So I guess another silver lining would be it reaffirmed your connection. Yes. But boy, we would not want to have to go through that to get there, right? Kevin, talk to us a little bit about your experiences with all of that, how you felt when the first time came that you had to be with everybody together. And were you guys rusty? Well, here's the thing. Well, we do, so pre-pandemic, on average, the group does about 200 plus shows a year. And this, oh my gosh. Let so. me just go, wow, <laughs> right there. And not all in Wilmington. I think so, you, you, Wilmington, well, the whole world is kind of centric to where they live, but mid, you guys are everywhere. And we think of you as our community band, which is lovely, but you guys are bigger than that, a lot bigger than that. So how was all that for you? Well, yeah, I mean, so I joined about almost three years ago, so I'm still like, Technically the new guy, maybe, yeah. but still they treat me like a new guy still. But um, I remember I joined in the summer of 2019, and they had a two-month tour lined up in the Midwest. That was the first big one. Right. And getting all the music ready, and like, I'm finally, I, there's something I've wanted to do since high school, as right. long as I can remember. And it was great learning all the music, getting used to doing gigs, and getting used to doing that amount of gigs at a yes. time. Yes, and you guys have dance moves and everything. Oh, we got like, everything. It's not just... You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we did that two month tour and it was great. And then, so then the pandemic came yeah, and all that went away. So we couldn't get together and sing together. We did like Zoom, a lot of Zoom meetings, kept making sure like, hey, we keep up to speed and not try and not be rusty. So then when the, t- kind, <laughs> when the time came to finally get back together, right? Um, it was weird because for me personally, it's like we didn't skip a beat. Really? Because... Cool. And again, reaffirming the connection that this is what we were meant to do. Right. That was there. But at the same time, we haven't sung in a while together. So there was a sense of rustiness like, oh, yeah, I got to, it requires a lot of energy. Right. Um, to you like, get back into the, back literally, into the groove. that groove. Yes. Because exactly. think about like those of you kids at home who don't know what a record is. <laughs> There's a groove in there. And that is true. That groove, that feeling of that, mm-hmm. you're in the pocket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So what do you do when one of you screws up? Does it ever happen? <laughs> oh, no. Never. It never happens. <laughs> but when it does, do you sort of side-eye or how do, do you cover it? Wallace is not here to speak to that, but we will talk oh, yeah. to so it depends. Johnny about In the show, we try and be as professional as possible. Of course. And not bring any attention to it because we mess up a lot. Really? Yeah, we don't want to tell people that. Oh, my gosh. Usually, it's, it's on a very small level. Up. If you ever see us start to laugh at the show, during the show, it means that somebody probably messed up big time. <laughs> wow. But if we're in rehearsal, and you know, we're just doing something on our own, and somebody right. messes up, um, it, we'll usually you know, spin it into something that's more disastrous and funny than it, okay. than it might be. We'll All like right. Monty, get, I'm going to let that. you say some more about that. So <laughs> oh, what happens great. when we mess awesome. up, which we never do, but what <laughs> yeah, happens we never when mess we up. do? But when we do, you know, we uh, definitely um, we try to hold each other up a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, we all that's make nice. mistakes. And it's very Good. nice. But we do laugh at each other. So. Okay. I like it. <laughs> so we won't see that as an audience, but you're all aware no, of it. But we are very right? aware of it. There will be yeah. after concert jokes about it. I yes. would, and I would think as an acapella group, it's probably even more glaring to you guys, not us, as, than it would be with a musician. Because I think they can cover it a little better because there's a lot of timing that goes into what you guys do. And it's yes. milliseconds mm-hmm. of timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much practicing do you do? 
We do a lot of practicing. You know, we all take it um, very seriously. You know, we all try to take um, our own individual parts and practice at home as much mm -hmm. as we can. So when we get together, it's smooth sailing. But, you know, cool. there's some new songs that we have to practice over and over again. So right. we just finished Conga, which is great. Yay! Gloria <laughs> Stefan? Yes. Yeah. Who decides when a new thing is coming, and how do you all agree or not agree that this thing is going to go into the repertoire? Who wants to take that? Um, so usually we're at a point now where we know what type of avenue we're, we're going down. So okay. it's usually soul R&B type yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so you guys any, do Old Town Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll do anything from contemporary, but we love the throwback stuff as well, like the 60s sure. and things like that. So like, for instance, Conga. So um, Wallace, it was time to like kind of replace a song. So in his, in his mind, he wanted Conga instead of Dancing in the Streets sure. um, that we've been doing forever. So right. he thought that that. And he just brought it in, and we knew the song. We loved the song, so he arranged it. Cool. And so that's – there's not many – times where we say why'd you arrange that like that doesn't fit mm -hmm. now we're at a point where everything that we bring has purpose that's the most important thing we can't just bring in a song because oh my you know uncle's brother loves this song right. or whatever we right. need to it needs to make sense for us right um and so that's what we do so we're pretty much on the same page 90 percent of the time and so this will be great johnny is the marketing guy right the booking guy mm -hmm. the you know, promotion, got many hats, right? I would imagine you have to be able to say to those potential buyers, we can sing anything because you're going to have gigs that have 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 20-year-olds. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's always that, 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 um, that push and pull between, right, between being... Because if, you, if you're a band that says, well, we appeal to everybody, we do all music to all ages, then you're not going to be great to <laughs> any That's true. of those That's people. True. So, I mean, we do um, you know, try, as, as Dave said, put our focus in, in, in certain styles of mm -hmm. music. Um, and I think one thing that, that helps us a lot more than other groups is that because of our instrumentation of being a cappella, mm -hmm. it filters all these songs into a certain sound that say, you yes. know, for example, in an 80s song, you're not necessarily going to have these big drums and this, you know, the synth bass and stuff right. like that. It's going to sound like us. Yeah. And so I think that helps as well uh, to make the songs, maybe not timeless, mm. but strips a little bit of some of that away. And as far as appealing to a wider range of audiences, I think for the younger people, they might really love hearing Kevin's low voice or learning how to do the beatbox. And so that's the kind of thing that they'll mm. latch on to. But then, you know, if we did an older song, they're still going to hear that kind of stuff with it. Right. Whereas like an older audience, remember, you know, let's say some grandparent brings their, you know, brings their grandchildren. The grandparents are going to hear uh, songs that they know, but when they hear songs they don't know, it's right. still going to have all the harmonies and stuff from yeah. the upper parts. So the challenge is to make it your own, but to still keep it recognizable yes. enough yes. that they can sing along, because your shows are very interactive with your audience. I, I hope most musicians are. Some are not, some are, but you guys are very interactive, and I think the acapella piece lends itself to that a little bit. Sure. So let's talk about how during the pandemic, everybody was going through terrible stuff. Do you feel like people were just sort of thinking like, well, those musicians, 
you know, really, it's not a thing. There were so many other people suffering so much more. Do you think there was sort of a sense of, you know, you guys are a band, really? Anybody yeah, want to say? I would say there was some of that there. But you know I, what I mean, right? On our end, too, yes, yeah. I do. And because I remember that day thinking, wow, there's no one out there that, in our situation, being a full-time band, but because we sing and all right. these things, that's going to be affected by this. And then we start talking to friends. Since, you know, anytime you're in the arts, you tend to have a lot of friends that are involved in the arts and right. realizing, oh, there's a lot of people that are in some, you know, some pretty bad situations out there. Um, so more than, I, I definitely think the negative thing was there. You know, mm -hmm. we don't need to help our musicians, but we need to help, you know, this right, group. I mean, there was so group. much concern about, are we going to survive as a race? As humans, exactly. you know, there was so much fear in the beginning that entertainment sort of took a back seat. So I was wondering if you sort of felt a little like, should I even share my angst because, yeah, you know? It did, it did yeah. feel a little weird, but then, I mean, so one of the first things that the, um, that the government did was extend unemployment benefits to gig workers. Which, right. I was happy. Which, I couldn't believe uh, they did change that. Change that so that all of us were able to go on unemployment, and that saved us because we weren't making any money. We right. weren't going to make money for a long time. Right. How were we going to survive? Because normally we wouldn't be able to get in and, and apply for that. Right. There was, uh, then we found this amazing, so with all the time that we had from not having shows, sure. found this amazing network of other arts organizations, other musicians, some that were brand new to us and some that we had worked with already that were current partners. Um, including some that were bringing us into schools. A lot of them were offering grants, uh, help with, um, with assisting you to find other work, new avenues that, that you potentially hadn't explored before. And we found uh, a very supportive um, community out right. there of different people that were willing to help. Um, you know, in, I will say too, I know in Massachusetts, a lot of these programs were... Amazing people we had talked to in some other states, sure, with some of the same unemployment right. things that came down from the federal government. They weren't implemented in half, you know, as great a way and as easy uh, as it mm. was for yeah. it to happen right. to sure. us. And, so, yeah. And you guys do it full time, Kevin. As a newbie, you said you were a newbie. Let's pass that over yeah. to him. What do you feel like about all this? This was your newish life. <laughs> yeah. You're in this great yeah. situation, and then boom. How, what did you do? I mean, initially, yeah, it was definitely scary, for sure. Because um, we always thought there would be places to play and to sing. I did not exactly. see it coming. None of us did. I know. So, yeah, I remember, I remember being a little scared, like, oh. What do I, I do now? What do I do now? Yeah, but, I guess I'll go into sales, right? Because yeah, what else right? are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was also very lucky because I've heard of this group for me since, oof. Late middle school for me is when yeah, Dave's not that are. old, <laughs> and neither is this young man right so, here. So, and I remember around high school when I really got the acapella singing bug. Like I would look up professional groups. This group came up first, right? And that was really cool. So these guys are like pros, right? So they like, sure are. To be able to like you know, oh, we've been through a lot. Like we weathered the storm, and just I, I felt that for me, that's when I really started connecting with. Wow, these I, I feel right in the place with the right people. And we had, just, like Monty said, we supported, lifted each other to get through it all. Right, sure. and let's give the mic to Monty. 
How'd your family embrace the idea? You're still in that band thing. Yes. There's no work, <laughs> right? They People still said say it that every me. now and then, yes. People said it to me. They said, you know, you can't do that anymore. I guess you're just going to hang up your spurs and be done. Yeah. But you got to, you know. Yeah, when... um. So when I joined the group, my family was definitely against it. Really? Tell us yes, about that. Because, so I'm from Washington, D.C., and um, all my sisters live in Maryland, and so they're like, you're moving to Boston to go sing? What is wrong with you? You know, you're not going to survive up there. You, you need us, you know. And I was like, uh, well, I'm a big boy. I can do it. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, after a while, after they, come, after they came to a couple concerts that we had right. in Maryland, they saw how much I loved it and how much the guys supported right. me and how much I just fit in and how much, you know, it just... Felt right. They didn't say anything about it after that. So when the pandemic happened, yes. did your family say to you, "What are you going to do now?" My family, yeah, my family definitely said that to me. Um, so about three years ago, I had a massive stroke. So I'm a stroke survivor as well. So I'm able. So I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So when the pandemic hit, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was super scared, very scared. Right, of course. Um, I thought I was going to move back to D.C. You know, with my family, but. Then, like Johnny said, well, grants came in and everything. My family was very supportive. Yeah. They were like, look, we, have, we just retired. If you need funds, let me know. So Cool. And thank God Johnny knew where to look. Yeah, Maybe you all helped together. Dave, you want to speak to that? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, thank God you knew where to look because sometimes if you don't know where the help is, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't so, get the help unless you ask. Yeah, right? yeah, so I did not know where to look. So thankfully, Johnny did. Yeah. Um, because now, you know, my two sons are home. My wife is home. Right. So, and my wife is virtually teaching. So now I'm taking, like, it was just a whirlwind. Right. Um, but, you know, we all have different hats that we wear outside of stage. So Johnny does all of the research, the booking. Right. You know, I do, I do logistics. I drive the bus, which is Woo-hoo. funny, but it gets us to A to B, and I make sure hotels, and, and then I reach out to contacts as well, and social media, um, songwriting, um, all the recording, and so we all and Wallace does a ton of stuff too. So, yeah. the fact that we were already already established in what we were meant to do right. outside of stage, then it was sort of just we just so you just did regrouped, it. and that's probably why yeah. you survived. Probably why you've survived so long. But then when this happened, you already kind of okay. Now what? And then you just sort of reaction formation. Yeah, you know right? the blessing was. We've been an LLC for over 20 years. So because we had that established Doing and we're right. in good standing in yeah. with the state, it was easier for us to get the maybe the loan mm. or that because we, we weren't a fly-by-nighter and we weren't con artists. Right. We were, this is our job, here's our right. schedule. And so that was a huge yeah. benefit. Yeah. So these like, I can't believe they're musicians, was... While they have a really successful business, right? And I think it's just what you do off stage. Mm-hmm. You know, the on stage stuff is easy, I mean, that's the fun. It's the ninety percent of it's the off stage where you have to treat it like a business. And so the fact that I we've been doing that. it for years, we're here talking to you, right? And it's you know, it's amazing. So. I love that. So let's shift focus because I know we've been talking forever and we've probably run over, but that's okay because we're a non-commercial television. We yes. can do that. But let's talk about what's up next and anything final you guys would like to share. Yeah? What what's up doing? next, Johnny? Well, what's up next right now is uh, towards the end of the school year, mm-hmm. we have a lot of schools who are like, can you come in and do a program? Can you do a program, do a program? And I think it's just coming... Because we're not over the pandemic yet, but mm. we're at the point where restrictions are lifted enough that schools right. can do more things and venues right. in general. And so we're seeing that work come back 
And so I'm hoping that it will keep going, keep coming yeah. you know, to sustain us. And I think it we will. We got a few things already booked for, um, you know, for the fall already. So I mean, so for us, it's going to be uh, recording is one thing that we're working on and we'll do the this, pandemic this, album this summer you can make it all white I know, oh I think that's been done wait that sounds so <laughs> yeah it sounds oh, so oh that's cliche, perfect I love it but we were gonna we were gonna do this yeah. before the pandemic right. so the pandemic right. was theoretically a chance to write and do all these things but as Dave mentioned it, it wasn't necessarily just oh we're sitting around it's like Dave can you do this right. well I you know my wife's doing this, you know, she's trying to virtual teach while I'm running around with, with my, you know, my two sons trying to help them do this. Right. And just yeah. everybody had a strangely for, for what seemed like doing nothing, an extremely busy, you know, time. I, I had a good situation where I could spend a lot of time in Google just right. <laughs> looking But that's up good things. though because it probably sustained you because that was a very depressing time for a lot of folks. So to have things to actually focus on that weren't mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that stuff probably good. Yeah. Kevin, what do you got to say before we scoot? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. Well, I'm excited about this new album we're working on, for cool. sure. It's, um, we've been writing a bunch of new original stuff. We have nice. a bunch of albums already on iTunes yes. and Spotify and all that stuff, too. But uh, to dig into new material, original stuff, that's exciting times. We have about three songs. That you're on. That, yeah. That, yes, that <laughs> I'm on, too. Yeah. And... Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of Do you think your vocal there. performances are stronger now that you've survived something like that? Hmm. Oh, let me... Yeah. Please do. You know, I think there's more intent with what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. There's more... Um, there's a sense of urgency because right. you don't know when it's going to be taken away. It's true. So every song and every person that we meet... There's more of a purpose behind it all. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it reinvigorates you. I think we can all get into that groove, but non-groove of doing it by rote, smiling. But when you when you lose all that, it really drives home the uniqueness of yes. what we're allowed to do. And you, and yeah. we found that we take a lot less for granted. Mm. You know, like so the the 15 hour drive overnight to get to a school show. Um, we're not going to complain too much about it. You know, we're, we just feel blessed that we're able to do it. We got there safely and hopefully impact students. Cool. And yeah, so in a way, but you know, you know, up and coming is uh, we have uh, a show at Wilmington, in Wilmington in July okay. um, at the concert series. We oh, have great. a bunch of public performances uh, throughout New England um, and we're just alive and kicking and we're just doing our thing. Yeah. And I want to give Monty a chance to speak to some of the things we've been talking about. Yes, um, I echo everything everyone said. You know, it's just okay. Been that's a great. Blessing. Right. Bye bye. No, no. <laughs> what else have you got? No, it's just been a blessing. I mean, I I love these guys with all my heart. Yeah. So this is. So when you first all got back together, did you feel more of a purpose? Yes, absolutely inside? more of a purpose. It felt yeah. like. We and you to had do already this. been through some personal yeah. challenges with mm -hmm. the stroke, which probably kind of drove home the idea of wow. Yep. And then that on top of it, exactly. so. Cool. Yeah, so being together with the guys after we all got together, after it was safe to get together, it was just it just hit differently. It was yeah. it was a different kind of feeling. So. Definitely. I think it's a silver lining, you know, when you have lemons, you try to make lemonade, yeah. right? Yeah. So I guess we'll let Dave close with is there anything final final? Because we've already done the final, but we'll do a final final. You know, Where can we find you? Yeah, final final. Just go to our website, ballinthehouse.com. We're all over social media. If you have anything to ask us about the arts, whether you're in first grade or retired school teacher or whatever, please 
reach out to us if you have any um, information, like uh, what songs you want us to do. Like, look, we're just five guys that love to sing, and we would love to get to know oh, you. You're so minimizing your talent level. Uh, just five guys who like to sing. I think they said that about the Beatles, too, except there were only four of them, four, right? Four. Yeah. Well, Wallace, we miss you. We love you. Yeah. Anything else anybody's burning to say before we scoot? No? no? All right. Thank you guys so much, Thank Ball in the you. House, for being with us. Thank I know you. this was Thank a very you. different interview than usually what we do. We usually awesome. cover the, the, you know surface stuff, but this was a little deeper, so I thank you for your honesty and for your truth, and I know that maybe a lot of folks hadn't been thinking about this type of thing. I know bars and restaurants, but I don't think people were really thinking about, yeah, what might have happened to those little bands or those little yeah. DJs, yeah. Or, so hopefully we shed some light on what it was like for all of us to survive, and we obviously we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if we didn't love entertaining. That's for being a TV host too. Yes, I wouldn't yeah, do yeah. it if I didn't love it, yes. and not being able to do it was really painful. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Absolutely. I'm glad you're back yeah. in the saddle, yeah. as they say. And I want to thank you guys so much for watching. Where's Wilmington? And the next time somebody asks you where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. Thank you so much for being with us. WCTV, connecting our community.